Hello everyone, Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast. I'm your host Sam Moores and we have our Super Bowl matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers will meet in Super Bowl 58 on February 11th in Las Vegas after winning on Championship Sunday. And joining me to break down both of yesterday's games is a returning guest. He's an NFL journalist, pundit and author, uh, Ben Isaacs. Welcome back to the podcast, Ben. It's great to have you on. Well, it's just great to be back. Thanks for Thanks for inviting me back, Sam. That's all right, no trouble at all. And um, I mean, you're, you know, very, very uh, well-known uh, pundit or person in, in the uh, in the NFL UK um, or fan base, I guess, and uh, and you know just community. And it's, it's I mean, you you've you've got your books out there now, and it's it's just great to have you on the podcast again because last time you were you were here to promote the book, and this time, well, we've got we've got two great games on our on our hands to break down, haven't we? Yeah, and it was a really great Championship Sunday. It's always a mm. great weekend of the season. But I want to ask you a question, Sam. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite weekend of the NFL season? Right. So I'm going to include in that you could even have like draft weekend. So I'm mm-hmm. in fact not NFL season, but just the the NFL weekend of the year. Because mine, I'm putting it out there, maybe unpopular opinion. My favorite weekend of the NFL season is the divisional round weekend because I I'm feel. The same. That's where you get the best concentration of really good games. And it takes over the weekend. There's loads of games and they're usually really good. So you're, you're, you're on team divisional playoff, just like me. Yeah, I uh, I actually said the same thing last week. I thought um I mean I love the championship games obviously because it's the um well this the the final four you could say but the divisional round because it's the last like proper full slate you get two full days as well. Um you know it's just like a one full weekend of football and it's just nice to it you know your final full you know full last weekend of it because once you get to the championship games um well a lot of them as well the, a lot of the championship games are low scoring or uh, yeah. you know quite quite Cagey. quite yeah, quite quite cagey affairs. So like the entertainment wise, I agree with you. I think the divisional round is is the best one. But but I'm not gonna I'm not oh. gonna lie. Last last night's games were, were very very entertaining. It, weren't it, they? it was, and this whole thing of like the what's the best weekend got in my head because there was someone on Twitter on Saturday saying that they'd convinced themselves all week that the AFC Championship game was on Saturday, and they were there <laughs> ready looking forward to it. And then it dawned on them, oh no, it's tomorrow. Because they've got so used to a big game on a Saturday. And although I, I knew it wasn't on Saturday, I was very much aware of like, no, nah, there's no game on Saturday. And now we've just got one game left because obviously we're not including anything in the Pro Bowl. But one game. And if at the start of the season someone had said, hey, look, the Super Bowl is going to be the 49ers against the Chiefs, you'd have been like, yeah, I can see that. Mm. That's not crazy. Oh, not crazy at all. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And after 284 games, only only one game remains, and that's as you were saying. It, it it's a matchup. We it's, we know it well. Uh, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 54 uh, in, in Miami, which we saw was won by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and we'll get we'll get to their game first. We'll get to the AFC Championship game because Andy Reid's Chiefs 
are heading to their fourth Super Bowl in five years after defeating the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 in the AFC Championship game at M&T Bank Stadium. Uh, it's a fourth uh, AFC title in six years uh, in and six it's a visit to the championship game in the six seasons that they've had Patrick Mahomes as the starter. Uh, but this this, uh, this one was different because it was the first one away from Arrowhead Stadium, their home, where you know, the loudest stadium in the league. It's you know they had to go on the road and win this championship game, uh, and in only his second Second ever away playoff game, Patrick Mahomes booked his flight to a fourth Super Bowl. Uh, he was excellent against uh, Baltimore's number one defense. He went 30 for 39 for 241 yards and a touchdown to Travis Kelsey. Um, the Chiefs offense as a whole, they were missing uh, all-pro guard Joe Tooney in this one. Uh, and they were great in the first half. Uh, but the Ravens' defence frustrated them in the second half, which sort of kept this one close. Uh, but the Chiefs' defence, they were mega two in the second half to secure the victory. With a great pla- uh, game plan against the likely MVP, Lamar Jackson. Uh, and it was it was this one was just just the Mahomes and Kelsey show. Uh, he he absolutely fed Travis Kelsey in this one. He caught eleven of his eleven targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he came into the game needing seven catches to break Jerry Rice's record for the most poses and catches. He broke that in the first half and he had four more afterwards. Uh, this is a future Hall of Fame combination. Uh, it was a a huge factor in the Chiefs winning this game and winning their second AFC title in a row. Uh, and in a, in a down year for Travis Kelsey, he's come absolutely alive in the playoffs, hasn't he? Uh, it's such a it's such a special combination, and we saw that last night, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's hard if 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 someone's going to make the claim he's the greatest tight end of all time this morning, then it's hard to argue against it. That was mm. one of the great playoff performances by an offensive player that that I've ever seen, especially because, like you say, he's he's not had. He didn't have the regular season that he's had in the past. He looked like maybe maybe he's lost a step. Maybe he's not quite the player he was. You know, he's in his mid-30s. He's, he's, he's getting on in NFL standards. You know, he is, in terms of his age, his physical age, in theory, he's past his prime. But the, the, guy's, the guy mentally is obviously no, no slower. Absolutely unreal. I was sick of the fact that after a lot of the catches, it was like, okay, we have to show Taylor Swift. <laughs> we were watching it. We were watching it in a bar. We were stuffing our faces with uh, Philly cheesesteaks and chicken wings and drinking PBRs. And we were trying to set, okay, what's, what's the line on the number of times they're going to show Taylor Swift? And someone had said six. And it felt like we were over that in the first half. If you, <laughs> you're talking about the looking to break the Jerry Rice record in the first half, I think we broke that record in the first half as well. I can't say enough good things about the Chiefs defense, though, because mm. they made Lamar Jackson surely the league MVP of the year. They made him look completely ordinary. And there were miscues by the by the Ravens offense, but they were shut down. They were completely shut down. They didn't lead in this game. And I really thought when it, you know, in that first quarter, I thought we could be ended up with a shootout here. We could really see some points. And it just the offense is really slowed down because of the because of the two fantastic defenses. But Steve Spagnola, I mean, you know, they the uh, the Chiefs' defense. A lot of them came out in warm-ups with t-shirts saying "In Spag we trust." Spagnola has said he wants those t-shirts burned. <laughs> um, I think he was just a bit embarrassed of the attention. He's just that sort of he's that sort of guy. He's not a rah-rah guy. He's like, let's just kind of keep it quiet. Mm. But. When you've got a coordinator who's as smart as he is, and you've got the you've got the you've got the pieces on that defense who not only can play his schemes to absolute perfection, but they absolutely love the guy. They will do 
anything for him. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna compare this Chiefs defense to the '85 Bears, mm-hmm. but what did what was slightly reminiscent was the way that they love that defensive coordinator, the way that those Bears players loved Buddy Ryan. Now, a lot of the defensive players did not really like Mike Ditka, and there were some there were some issues there. I don't think these Chiefs guys don't like Andy Reid, who, I mean, say it quietly, but he could take overtake Steve. Uh, he could overtake Don Shula and Bill Belichick with uh with regular season wins that mm-hmm. that can happen well let's we'll t- we'll table that but like you say there's a hall of fame combination Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey that was an absolute masterclass yesterday especially considering that was against such a fantastic defense that the Baltimore Ravens have got i said mm-hmm. um at the start of the game when when Mahomes and when Mahomes and Jackson were looking i mean Mahomes looked good all day. Jackson didn't. When when Lamar completed that pass to himself and turned it into a, a really nice gain, I said, you know, imagine imagine Lamar on those other Ravens teams with that defense. And someone was like, Oh, you know, but this defense is really great as well. I'm like, yeah, but it's not it's not the Ray Lewis Ed Reed defense. If you'd put if you put Lamar Jackson on those teams where they won Super Bowls with Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer, then you know, what could they have done? But it was such a disappointment with the way that, not the game, but the, the way that Lamar and the Ravens offense just could not figure out the, the Chiefs' defense. I wanted, to, I wanted to see it a bit closer. And, like, the scoreline was close in the end. But I don't know about you, but in that second half, I didn't ever feel like the Ravens were going to win that game. I don't, mm. There was never a point where I thought, the tide's turning now. The momentum's on their side. They're going to go and do this. It just felt like, no, they're they're a step behind the Chiefs the whole time, and that that felt like most of the game. Like it mm-hmm. felt not that it didn't feel as close as the score suggests. I think if you were if if anyone watching this, um, they didn't watch the games live. They saw the scores first, and then they decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on Game Pass and I'm gonna watch these games. They might have thought that game was super super tight. I don't think it was. <laughs> I think the Chiefs blew them out in a way you know what i mean it felt the same and if you look at the if you look at the numbers actually the ravens actually outgained the chiefs like yards wise mm. you know, but the chiefs absolutely dominated the time of possession they had 37 minutes to 22 which is you know quite a, a big margin it's 15 ridiculous more yeah ridiculous as, 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 as huge and and um yeah it just it felt like they were in, in control as you said from literally start to finish but as you said they only won by one score um and it was just it the the chief, well, actually, in the second half as well, you mentioned the Ravens. You know, felt they're gonna, um, they were gonna uh, win at all. Well, they actually had you know two or three times the amount of yards that the Chiefs did in the entire second half. The Chiefs only had sixty-seven yards in the entire second half, mm. and 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 you know, well, they, they they didn't score in the second half at all. But yeah, the Ravens just couldn't do anything. The Chiefs' defense, it was it was great. I I've been saying on this podcast all year how much I love the Chiefs' defense because they're they're very good at taking away like primary primary weapons and they they took away you know Isaiah Likely and, and Mark Andrews. So Lamar was ba- you know who it was Zay Flowers who we'll talk about in a minute. He had a very eventful <laughs> couple of minutes at, at, at the um, <laughs> midway point in this game. But um yeah the Chiefs 
defense has been great and they've always been great in the playoffs especially but this year they've been great the whole year and when the offense hasn't been as good as it normally would the defense you know, has stepped up it's been top five you know all year and and the chiefs now they're back in the super bowl you know this really is a dynasty now and it's so soon after the last one we had in the afc you know we thought we, had, we were over that with the patriots and straight away we're, we're back to another one aren't we <laughs> So, so my daughter is in year eight in secondary school, right? So mm-hmm. she, she, she's 12 now, but she'll turn 13 before the end of the school year. In her entire lifetime, the AFC Championship has either featured the Patriots or the Chiefs. Every <laughs> single year of her life. She's never known a non-Brady-Mahomes AFC Championship game. Like, one of those guys has been in it every single time. And... The parallels aren't simply an incredible head coach in Andy Reid and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Patrick Mahomes. It's the fact that with those with those Super Bowl teams, it's there have been different pieces. There have been some constants, but the the way that they have won games has been has been quite different from kind of from year to year. This this Chiefs team does not look like that first one that won the Super Bowl, you know? And that that takes some doing because you can sometimes get a run going where you build a nucleus of players and you and you keep winning and then it falls apart as players leave in free agency or players retire. They have they have reloaded. This is Patriots esque. However, it does also show us how incredible if we were if we were unaware or we'd taken it for granted how incredible that Patriots run was because of how long it was. Like this feels like. It feels like Mahomes and the Chiefs have been doing this for a long time. It's quite a short period of time. They've mm-hmm. packed a lot in. Imagine if they're still doing this in like 10 years' time, and it's still Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and they're winning multiple Super Bowls with all these different people. That is the equivalent of what the Patriots were doing. And with Belichick leaving the Patriots and currently being out of work and doesn't look like he's going to get an NFL head coaching gig, I think... The, what the Chiefs are doing is really showing into stark relief how difficult what the Patriots managed to achieve was. Because the Chiefs have done this, and it's incredible. But they've got to go like another decade of doing this to match what the Patriots were doing. And I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see Mahomes and Andy Reid together for a long time. So it could happen. They're two. They're two of the greats. So this is definitely dynastic. And I don't see it going away anytime soon. And I'm like, I, I picked the Ravens in this game. And I'm at a point where, how am I going to pick against Mahomes in the playoffs again? That's, mm-hmm. that's an idiot move, right? I'm an idiot. I'm putting that out there now. I'm an idiot. Because I was like, yeah, I, I think the Ravens going to get this done. And why did I think that? Why? Why? This is Patrick Mahomes, and he will just get these things done. And Andy Reid will get these things done. Absolutely stunning. I know a lot of people are really sick of Patrick Mahomes already. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's good that people have got strong feelings about Patrick Mahomes. Like, there was the stuff before the game, for anyone who hasn't, hasn't seen it, Justin Tucker was kind of like warming up in an end zone. And Patrick Mahomes kind of like kicked his kicking tee out the way. Now, I don't know who was in the right there. I don't know who should have been there. It felt a little bit of a, it felt a bit childish for Patrick Mahomes to do it. But someone had said like, if that was, 
if that was like a big defensive guy, people would people would love it more. You know, it's like you know, kind of being tough. But with Patrick Mahomes, it's like people people want to kind of jump down his throat. And maybe it was a dick move. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. But there's been, and I know I'm I'm just going on a Patrick Mahomes thing here. But Patrick Mahomes been getting a lot of hate because people are sick of him, and that's fine. That's understandable. The thing that's annoyed me, Sam, this season, and I've seen it more and more over the last couple of weeks, is I've seen people say, and these are like Chiefs fans, these are like hardcore Chiefs fans, this isn't like the general public saying everyone counted the Chiefs out, everyone thought that Mahomes was done, nobody thought that, you know, the Chiefs would be making the playoffs and making this sort of one. It's like, what world do you live in? And I know that there can be a siege mentality where lots of people think, oh, the media hates our team. That they this is the this is the team that they hate. Man, there's a lot. Of, like, if you're a Chiefs fan listening to this, please let me know what you think about this because you must have noticed how some of your fellow fans think that everyone hates the Chiefs in the media and that nobody thought the Chiefs were any good, which is just balmy. Now, my final point on Mahomes is that when he played that first road playoff game in Buffalo. He had never played a road playoff game before. And let's have this parallel universe, right, where the Bills won that game, which they could easily have done, Sam. We saw, we all saw that game. They could easily mm. have won that game. If they won that game, everyone right now is talking about either the Bills or Ravens in the Super Bowl. And they're talking about, yeah, see, Mahomes is a good quarterback, but he can't win a, can't win a road playoff game, can he? He's okay in Arrowhead. He's okay in his own place, but he can't get it done on the road somewhere hostile like Buffalo. He just can't get it done. He's soft. And as it is, he's walked into Buffalo. He's walked into Baltimore. Two places that are difficult to win. I've done it in both those places. I, I've run out of superlatives about the guy. He, is, he does things that nobody else in the league can do. If he carries on with this sort of trajectory, we could easily be talking about him as the greatest of all time. I think it's early to be saying that right now. But although I would have loved to have seen Lamar in a Super Bowl, I'm not going to say no to another week of Patrick Mahomes. No. See, I agree. I'm a I'm a huge Lamar fan as well, and I'm I'm kind of disappointed with, with how the Ravens turned up yesterday, um, especially in the second half as well, because they had their chances in the second half to go and do something. Again, they had a lot of the ball, but they did they got two places in offense you know but they just never really felt like they were going to do anything at the end of the third quarter Lamar Jackson uh, finally found some from some some offense uh, deep downfield to Zay Flowers for a 54 yard game uh, to the 10 yard line you know, firmly perfect Sam this must be it this must be mm. this must be the this must exactly. be the play that's going to change it for the Ravens right they're going to they're going to capitalize on this and he goes and taunts right in Legere's sneeze face <laughs> and gets and gets a 15-yard penalty that gets moved back. Uh, and it just sort of it, it you know, thinking, oh, not 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 now. And yes, the Ravens did eventually get it to the end zone, but obviously they didn't because the ball was knocked out of Flowers' uh, grip before he broke the plane, uh, and it was recovered in the end zone by a Chiefs defender for a touchback. Which is funny because the same thing happened to the Chiefs last week with Miko Hartman, yep. <laughs> and, it, and it happened. And yeah, it happened. The Chiefs were the ones that recovered it this time, um, and and and, you know, and from, from there they you know, they lost seven points off the t- off the table, 
And they they made a Justin Tucker field goal after that as well. So if they made that touchdown, it would have been a, you know a tie game, you could say. And it never yeah. felt like that. But that that was a chance there. And then yeah, it's just. Do you think I'd be disappointed by what they look uh, by how they looked yesterday? Because they had so much potential, so, so much. Uh, well, you know, number one defense in pretty much every category. Like they broke records. Um, in with the defense, one of the best defenses statistically in the regular season since like the sixties. But when the you know when it came to the the big moment, the defense played well, but the offense, which was led by an MVP, unfortunately, the, the Chiefs defense just got better, didn't they? Yeah, I I think it's it's the coaching, like mm. Spagnola seemed to know exactly what the Ravens were going to do, and knew exactly how to neutralize it, and it was just neutralized is the word basically. It wasn't just completely shut down, but it was it was neutralized. The Zay Flowers thing, the taunting. There was so much on social media at the time, like, this is ridiculous, that sort of thing shouldn't get called. Like, I get it. I get why people are going to feel just let people have fun, let people express themselves in that way in those big moments. And that's all well and good. But the rules say that you can't. And you might say, I wish the rules weren't the rules, and that's fine. But if the rules are there, you've, you've got to understand those things are going to get called. Now, what he did, he did in the heat of the moment. It was, it was a release that he did that. It wasn't, it wasn't like he was kind of just waiting for his moment and he kind of went up to him. It was, it was a release in that moment. But you've got to be, you've got to be smarter than that. You've got to know that's going to get called. Whether you think torn things shouldn't be a thing, you've got to know that's going to be called. And it's incredibly, incredibly damaging. I think it's. I think it took a bit of momentum away. Kind of unlucky with the with the way the ball was stripped. Those things happen. I in the first quarter, Zay Flowers made a play, and I said to people around me, like, oh, I think Zay Flowers is going to be big today. I did not expect it to be that he was big because of those miscues. Such a shame. But I I think I can't. In the same way, I say to people like. I don't trust people who don't like dogs. I don't like people who who just don't like Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson's mm. so much fun. Yes. And even if even if you were thinking, no, 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 I don't like the Ravens or like if if you're a fan of a team in the AFC North, I don't expect you to be like, Oh, I love watching Lamar. I hope the Ravens win. I get it. Right. But just taking it out of that, watching him play is so much fun. And I'm, I just find myself rooting for him. You know, I, I think in part of the way that he had to kind of fight to get that contract, um, you know, there was a whole impasse and it was like, does anyone else actually want Lamar Jackson? Are people really going to pay for Lamar Jackson? And then he comes up with this MVP season. I think we all wanted a kind of toe-to-toe matchup between Lamar and Mahomes. And we didn't really get that. What we got was a defensive masterclass and we got Travis Kelsey going off. Thoroughly deserved for the Chiefs. You've got to hold your hands up. I think the Ravens are going to be fantastic next year as well. Maybe this is something we're going to see in the playoffs going forward. Like these two teams, the AFC continues to be stacked. And there's certain teams that are going to get better next season. So I'm sure there were a lot of Ravens fans who were really down. But that is a young roster. One of the best coaches in the league. The NFL MVP behind center I'm hoping they'll get another shot well that that was my next question I was going to ask you um 
you know that they'll be here again because as you mentioned MVP I think Lamar he all he's done this year is just shut a lot of people up because there's always been the questions like can you sit back in the pocket and pass or this year he's been a very you know, clutch pocket passers, moving in and out of pocket has been great. As a thrower of the football, he has been the MVP of football, and you know you can you cannot take that away from him because he's been brilliant. I did my I did an essay um over over the Christmas break about Lamar and how he's been unfairly treated by the media, and that's that's a big aspect as well. Um, and you know he's just basically this year he's just he's quite a, quite a personality, but he's just you know with his play he's shut up a lot of people. Um, and yeah, they, they've looked excellent. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they've had a good couple of drafts. Lamar said healthy, which again was another question mark going into this year because he's, the yeah, last two point. seasons he's he's uh, he, he has uh, got injured as they've got to crunch time. Basically, yeah, uh, Tyler Huntley played in the playoffs last year for Baltimore. Um, they had a great season, but despite the injuries last year, but Lamar wasn't there. Uh, you know, this year he's, he stayed healthy. The defense has played very well, and you know they've they've gone away from the run game this year, and you know that's not been an issue as well. It's just. They're such, they're, they're such a good feel-good team this year. They weren't expected to contend for a Super Bowl this year, and you know, and they've got the the room to to build in the future. I think so this is a great uh, learning point for the uh, for the Ravens and, and as for the Chiefs. Yeah, the, we've been talking about Patrick Mahomes the whole you know last twenty five minutes. It feels like it feels like, but he's you know he is he is that team. You know, him and Travis Kelsey, they're probably the two most famous NFL players in the world. If you were to ask people who who you thought it would be those two, especially Kelsey now because of Taylor Swift. But yeah, they'd say they Kelsey the... before Mahomes now. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. We did um, we did a thing at university the other day. We had uh, as a, a, the list of the most famous sports people and, and Kelsey was ahead of Mahomes. Uh, they, they were the two most famous NFL players in the world. Um, yeah, so, so they're just, it's great for the sport. And, and that's the thing as well. It's great for the sport, those guys being in a Super Bowl as well because it's going to attract more viewers and it's going to, especially in this country as well, you're going to, probably going to get more people uh, watching, uh, which is great, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think if you if you're if you're turning up to watch that game, you're a kind of got a casual interest. Maybe the whole Taylor Swift thing has made you kind of pay more attention. I just hope it's the sort of game that makes you think, well, I'm coming back in September <laughs> um, because there there will be some people watching outside America who might not have been watching if not for the celebrity factor and. Like a lot of kind of hardcore NFL fans, I get bored of the Taylor Swift coverage, and I, I, I loved this narrative that some people were pushing. That I think some probably believed it that the NFL was going to do whatever it took for the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl, <laughs> so that more people would watch. And it's like, okay, it's the most watched thing in America anyway. I don't think the NFL is like, oh my god, how can we get people to watch the Super Bowl? But outside America, there will be some people who have paid attention to the NFL that were not paying attention before. Like there will be, there will be people listening to this who have friends who will know that the chiefs are in the Super Bowl, despite the fact that they don't pay attention to the NFL. They'll know that. And maybe, maybe this is, this is your homework here, gang, get those people to watch the game. If they've never watched a game, try and get a person to watch the game because the, the, the more people watch it in the UK, the bigger it gets here, the more we all benefit. You know, it'll mean double the number of listeners to the Full 10 Yards podcast. Sam is going to be driving around in his Bentley. He's going to be able to, like, he's going to be able to get rid of the Porsche. He's going to upgrade to the Bentley just from everybody making sure that all the Taylor Swift fans they know watch the game. Just, just do it. Just, like, 
just get it. Get Sam a Bentley. Just hashtag get Sam a Bentley. And it's I'm I I don't know if we'll find out the viewing figures, the terrestrial viewing figures in the UK. Because I'm thinking, like the, the people who are who are going to watch, who wouldn't normally watch, are not people who are necessarily going to have Sky Sports or going to be watching on Game Pass. They're going to be, you know, watching on terrestrial. I, I, we may not know, but anecdotally, it feels like there there will be some extra people watching who might not have watched because of the celebrity factor. And I I hope so because what will get people actually to become NFL fans is a great game. And a great Mm -hmm. performance from Patrick Mahomes could well create a generation of fans who were not otherwise going to be fans of the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And the the team the Chiefs are playing, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, at times this year, they've looked like one of the best teams in the league. Uh, But it was touch and go whether they'd even get here after uh, points last night because after a thrilling second half comeback, uh, they are in the Super Bowl. They secured their spot in Super Bowl 58. They were trading 24 to 7 at half time but scored 27 unanswered points uh, on their way to a comeback victory. Uh, just remarkable, this comeback, wasn't it? Because I was I was getting ready to, to last night before, before um, you know, about half-time of that game, thinking, oh, I'm going to ask all these questions. Uh, and then I just, <laughs> to tear, I had to tear it up. It's, you know, yeah. it's, they always say when you're in, when you're, you know, well, I mean, I'm doing sports journalism at uni, they always say that, you know, you get prepared for last-minute rewrites. And I've, I've had that a few times, and that really was, for me, a last-minute rewrite because I had everything planned, and then... And and then the Niners just went and did it and they, you know, well, they over three touchdown comeback to go win this game. What what an end to to Championship Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's the it's the biggest halftime deficit that a team has come back from in a conference championship game. Hmm. I would I would put this to you, your opinion, comeback or choke job. (laughs) What do you I mean, what would what's your gut feeling? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I, I'm a big fan of going for it on fourth down, which is what the Lions did a lot in this game, yep. and it, it did come back to bite them. Uh, you could say because even if they made, I think they they failed three or four times, and if if you make one or two of those, and it could be a different story, you could go on and you know and score. Yep. Uh, yep. So I I would probably say it was more the Niners were better situationally, but I wouldn't call it a choke job. I'd say the Niners in the second half they they turned up because. The Niners historically have struggled in the second half of games, especially when trailing, uh, yeah. to come to come back. So, so for, I'd probably say for them it was just they were excellent and got it right uh, yesterday. Yeah. I think quite often when there's a big comeback like that, I think it's it feels usually easier to categorise: did someone choke, or was it an amazing comeback? Like I, I think of that Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, mm. and to me that's a choke job. Mm. The Falcons. <laughs> panicked it was like they looked at the scoreboard and thought oh my god we're about to win this we're about to win this oh my god don't lose it 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 and then you do lose it because you 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 play differently that to me there was there was an element of that with some of the lions players where i felt the pressure started to get to them history started to get to them because they'll have had it hammered into them for so long about how the Lions have, in the Super Bowl era, been... In fact, if you look at the teams that have existed through the entirety of the Super Bowl era, the Lions are the least successful, right? Well, they've, they've never been to, been to two... a Super Bowl. Yeah, so that... they've been to two, two conference championships where at least, like, the, you know, the, the, the Browns have done better. The Browns have not been mm. to a Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm discounting teams that didn't exist 
when the Super Bowl was first created, right? So just in those teams that were there right at the beginning. And the thing is, the Browns missed some seasons because they didn't exist mm. for a few years and they, they came yeah. back. So the the expectation on the Lions getting to this point that this is the best Lions team in since the 50s, right? Which, like, if I if I had my phone with me right now, and Sam knows I don't know where my phone is, I could get the calculator, I could work out how long ago the 1950s were. So I'm just going to say they were ages ago. This is the best Lions team since ages ago, since the 1950s. And they, it felt like for some of them, they were so aware of what a big deal it would be for the Detroit Lions, for the city of Detroit, for a franchise that has underachieved at certain times has been a running joke and now isn't, that they've just seemed like, we're so close, we're so close. And it just wasn't quite working out. Now, there's that aspect. And I think that's totally separate to the whole fourth down thing. Because like you, Sam, I'm a proponent of going for it on fourth down. Be aggressive. And this isn't Dan Campbell all of a sudden changing everything because it's the championship game. This is him going with the way that he's had that team playing, rolling the dice, taking risks, being aggressive. And it's not like they were passing up automatic field goals. Their keeper, their, their, their kicker has only been with them a few weeks, has no real experience of like kicking over a certain distance. It was, they may have one of the worst kickers in the NFL, right? And that's, that sounds like a terrible insult, but you know, there's only, there's only 32 kickers. He is one of the weaker ones. We've not seen that much from him. I don't think they were doing the wrong thing going for it on fourth down. It's very easy to look back and be like, right, well, if they kick this and they kick this, that's all well and good. You've got to also nail those kicks. And there's no, it was not a sure thing. I feel really bad for the Lions. I think it was part choke job in terms of the players. I'm not putting it down to the fourth downs. The 49ers, they got lucky on certain plays. In during, like, during that 27-point run, there were certain points where, like, that shouldn't happen. That was that was a little bit fluky when things the are bouncing off helmets. Yeah. Mm. Like those sort of things, sometimes they happen, sometimes they don't. You take something like that out, maybe they don't win. You know, maybe just one of those odd bounces is what turns it. And I don't want to take anything away from what the 49ers did to come back, right? And I've I've been saying, and I'm not I'm not changing my opinion on this, but I've been saying all season. Brock Purdy is a fantastic game manager, and I don't consider game manager to be an insult. Game manager is, if you've got a good game manager, that is a super reliable guy. Like, he is not going to cost you games. He is not going to do things stupid. He is going to find those. He's going to find the receivers when he should find them. And that is brilliant. Game managers win Super Bowls. It's, you know, it's doable. Very doable. What Brock Purdy did with his legs last night, making some of those making some of those runs when it felt like the Lions just did not expect it and just could not could not con- constrain him when they needed to. Got to take my hat off to him because he introduced something there that I don't think the Lions were expected to see that much. It was perhaps his signature moment that comeback. They've not had things their own way. I mean, they had to come back against the Packers and the Packers knock into the playoffs. Like the the Packers 
were not great over the regular season. They had a really good second half of the season, destroyed the Cowboys. But I thought they were going to have no chance against the 49ers. They could easily have beaten the 49ers. This 49ers team is there to be got at. It's been the best team in the NFC, deservedly in the Super Bowl. But nobody watching last night's game is going to feel like, poof, well, you can't beat these 49ers. Because that first half showed you how you can beat those 49ers. Be aggressive. Push the ball down their throat. It can be done. Now, the Chiefs are built differently to the Lions. But the Lions had a game plan, and they stuck to it. It didn't work out, but they stuck to that game plan. And I imagine, and I don't want this to sound patronizing in any way, but Lions fans aren't used to this sort of situation of getting this far, having it all snatched away. There are certain teams that have... Their fan base has seen them lose a lot of big playoff games. This is this is different for Lions fans. And a lot of them will be thinking, well, it's fine. We're going to be back next season. And, of course, Dan Campbell told his players, you might not get another shot because that's just the way the NFL works. Now, he thinks that they're going to get another shot, and so he should, but they might not. But this, again, like the Ravens, is a young team. The Lions have got loads of salary cap space. They've shown that they can draft well. I still won't approve of drafting a running back in the first round. Please don't do it, guys. Stop doing these things. But they've drafted well, and Lions fans will feel really disappointed today, probably really proud of the way that their team has progressed, the way that lots of people wanted to write off Jared Goff, a little bit of a joke. Jared Goff had a good game. Like He is not the reason that they lost that game. The 49ers fans, I, they, must, they must be just so relieved because if you get that sort of pounding in the first half, but then by the end of the game, your guys are there wearing the championship caps, then I would love to know how many 49ers fans turned off at halftime hmm. and thought, I can't face this. It's the middle of the night. I've got work tomorrow. This is mortifying. And then... Perhaps they were avoiding, maybe they were even avoiding social media this morning because they thought, I can't face it. It was horrible. And then they found out there must be people like that in the UK who just avoided it. But I, there have been some great comebacks in conference championship history. Um, when, I was, when I was really young, the 86 and 87 AFC championship games, Browns, Broncos, both classic in their own way, the fumble and the drive. But this was something different, like that sort of that sort of comeback and to have it that the Lions, a team we haven't seen in this position. And it was an it was a really refreshing novelty to see them. And I don't think it's the end of it. An absolutely wild, wild night because the two games were really different. And that's that's always fun because varieties the spice of life and sometimes the nfl can get a bit samey and com- like when you compare it with college it can get a little bit samey if you watch some games back to back it's quite they're quite often similar ones but these were just so different and i am exhausted sam and this is maybe coming across that i am kind of delirious with exhaustion but also so entertaining so entertaining this felt like a good if you are a big nfl fan you can't have not enjoyed the way those two games were. They were so absorbing in their own ways. Fascinating stories, like even just like the narratives of the quarterbacks, absolutely fascinating. 
and I I absolutely loved it, even though I thought the 49ers were going to win comfortably. I loved mm. it. See, I was, I, I again, I agree with you. I absolutely loved it. I live with a, a Packers, no, sorry, I live with a, a Broncos fan and I live with a Seahawks fan. So seeing the Chiefs and the Niners win for both of them wasn't great. So it was very, they, they had very dif- differing opinions to me. I was just loving uh, Mahomes and I was loving this comeback uh, from the Lions as well. But um, Sorry, from the Niners as well. But yeah, when you have, when you live with Seahawks and Broncos fans who hate both of those two teams, it was it was very interesting last night watching the games with them. Oh, but um, yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. And also, I mean, I grew up, as a Dolphins fan, so the Dolphins now have the longest streak without a playoff, uh, a, a playoff win. Right, so I, I, right. I now know how how Lions fans feel. I'm really glad you brought up the Dolphins, right? Because mm. there's something there's something to think about, and that I don't want to get Detroit Lions fans down. So there's the feeling that okay, look, this is this is the start of something for the Detroit Lions. Mm. You go back to the 1984 season. Dan Marino and the Miami Dolphins, Marino's second season in the NFL. He already looks like he's going to be one of the greats. Happened very quickly. The Dolphins got to that Super Bowl. They lost quite comfortably to the 49ers in Super Bowl 19. I think if you'd have asked 100 NFL pundits at that time, how many more Super Bowls will Marino make? I bet no one was saying zero. (laughs) That was the start of his career. The Dolphins were a young team. They had one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Everything was set up for that to be a team that was going to win Super Bowls. And they were a good team for a long time. Like, they didn't just fall off a cliff. They had some down seasons. This is a team that was perennially in the playoffs. And they never got to another Super Bowl. And I say this because there'll be Detroit Lions fans who are wondering, like, what does this, what does it mean? And I always think about that, that, that Marino team and how did, how did that team not get to another Super Bowl? Like, so I, it's, I guess what I'm saying is Lions fans, obviously you're going to be upset about what happened last night, but savor that season because if it doesn't get as good as that in the next 20 years or something, you've got to enjoy a special season and yeah. Pressure's now on the Dolphins. Win a playoff game, guys. Absolutely. Um, I'm really interested to see how the Lions look you know, in the next year, in the next couple of years, because they're expected to lose Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator. He's the favourite for the Washington job. Uh, it's widely regarded that he's a favourite for that. Um, do you think that he... Well, one, do you think that he does leave? And two, how big of a miss do you think that will be? Because of his, uh, obviously like that offence has been incredible for two years now. Uh, and... He, you know, he deserves a head coach job because of that, doesn't he? Yeah, I think I think he will. I think he will go because it's a great opportunity. And I actually think, I think the Washington job is sneakily one of the. I might say, out of all the positions that became available in the last few weeks, I'd be tempted to say the Washington job is the best one because it's not Dan Snyder there anymore. I think you've got proper support in ownership. You've got plenty of salary cap space. You've got plenty of draft picks. And you can start building the team that you want. You can get you can get a quarterback. And I think that's going to be very tempting for Ben Johnson. He's in a great position in Detroit. He could keep winning there. Or he could try and, you know, build his own thing in Washington. I think he will go. 
because um, I think it's too good an opportunity to pass up. You, they don't, you can't always just think, oh, I'll, I'll wait until next time because it doesn't always doesn't always happen like that. He will be a loss because um, he's really helped kind of create that identity in Detroit, where they've got a really really good mix of like kind of a power running game, and the addition of David Montgomery was a massive hit. They they paid him a lot of money. The Bears did not want to pay him a lot of money, and I'm. see and hear me yes i can see and hear you I, I, I can hear you i can't see you but I oh, can okay hear you. i, I, you, I you disappeared from my screen so i was assuming i uh, disappeared from yours um yeah it's worked so well can they get someone in who will emulate that and keep it going my guess is yes they can because they potentially take them in onto even better things and kind of finish the job that Ben Johnson started. So he'll be a loss, but I, I think they can carry on without missing a beat. I think get the right candidate in, they've already got the weapons. So I think, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. And they've got uh, a side offensive line too, which is crucial. Yeah. They've got a great running game as well. So for for a play call that got to come in, you've got a lot to play with there and you can sort of, I mean, you mentioned, uh, Get, we'll get into prop Purdy now, but you mentioned game managers. Jared Goff is a game manager, but he's a very, very good game manager. As yep. you know, as you're saying, Purdy, you know, he's been to a Super Bowl, he's been to NFC Championships, plural. He's been to you know, he's yep. been to multiple NFC Championship games now. He's won playoff games. He's won a fair few playoff games with the Rams, and obviously now, t- uh, you know, <laughs> two with the Lions. And yeah, you know, I think that's if you can have a and he's also on a pretty good you know good contract as well so you've got you can you have the room to build as a team a, a nice offense and with the offensive line as well then yeah you can you can i i, I don't think it'll be too big of a miss but you may see a little bit of a regression maybe from the from the play call in next year we'll finish with the niners because that's that's what we uh i mean yeah well we can't take away this, anything from the Niners. we've all talked about the line so far but the Niners were great in that second half um especially you know two things on me Brock Purdy and also the coaching in the second half too because they did they adjusted you know on both sides of the ball from the first half to the second half which is something that they have historically struggled with a lot um especially Carl Shanahan obviously he was also the the uh the uh 49 <laughs> sorry the, yeah, the Falcons uh choke he was that was that was his um you know his, his offense just had nothing against the Patriots in the second half of that Super Bowl um but him and Steve Wilkes, the uh, the defensive coordinator for uh, the Niners, uh, they got their half time adjustments right. Um, and we, again, we saw in the second half, we saw Brock Purdy running more. He had uh, only six uh, fewer rushing yards than Lamar Jackson yesterday, which we none of us would have been expecting at oh, all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, if you'd have told me that Purdy would have, I mean, he would have had over fifty yards, but because of the kneels, he got taken. He got three yards taken yeah. away from that. <laughs> but, um, but you know, that's a you had that yesterday, and he played well from behind too, because that we've always been. We've, I mean, I, I'm sort of in the thing where he is a game manager, but I've been looking for him to elevate, like, elevate over what this team already has, because you've got everything around him from good offensive line, 
best tight end in the league probably in George Kittle. Uh, you know, two great receivers and probably the best running back in football around him. It's quite it's quite easy to be to have success in that offense. He's not really added anything. He's just had it in a plate for him. He the last two games in the playoffs, the uh, end of the Packers game and also the end of this game, he's he's elevated. He's you know, he's made plays by himself. Uh, we saw the the Kittle throw in the uh, in the Packers game, the one where he just stepped up and sort of right in the pocket and dropped it over for a touchdown. And we, and we saw movement again, moving around the pocket, creating plays. He was yeah again. You have to give it to Brock Purdy. He was excellent in that in that second half, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. And you know, I'm, I'm, you're right. Kind of bringing up that Packers game because he he had he had issues. The whole team had issues. You know, it was it was it was raining and they were not playing well. And then when it when it dried off and it came to it, he was able to get it done and make those plays, make those clutch plays. He was fantastic yesterday. Absolutely fantastic. Earlier in the season. Um, the Lions were throwing a game away and someone I know on Twitter had said, no one plays worse with a lead than the Lions. And I feel like the sort of thing that like every fan thinks about their own team, you know, um, but it came to, it came to mind yesterday when it was going on, but the, the 49ers still had to capitalize on that. And it's all well and good. If the, if the opposition who built up a big lead at halftime starts failing to execute and they did fail to execute you've then got to execute. It's not enough to just be like, okay, well, they're not, they're not doing very well now. And when you've got, when you're like three scores behind, you've got to make things happen. You can't just wait for those things to come to you. And that's what the 49ers did. I mean, Carl Shanahan's plan for the second half was absolutely chef's kiss. It was superb. And the defense obviously played its part, but there was, it was the, it wasn't like, it'd be different if there was like, a pick six from Jared Goff and there was like this capitulation. It was, it was kind of steady play of like putting these drives together, making these explosive plays over and over and over to, to score 27 unanswered points in a playoff game. When you are down big against a good team that can control the clock with a run, with their running game, takes some doing that was a, that was a special performance that they came up with yesterday. And I'm still going to call Brock Purdy a game manager, but that doesn't mean it, he's not a fantastic quarterback. That doesn't mean he's not the right quarterback for the 49ers right now. Like, there's a very good chance that we have a conversation in two weeks' time and it's Brock Purdy's Super Bowl MVP. And that's not weird at all, even though he was the very last pick in the draft. Even though lots of people were saying, well, you know, he had a couple of weeks and there's lots of quarterbacks who have a good couple of weeks. We've seen a lot of it in the regular season this year. Too many, too many very average quarterbacks having a good couple of weeks and then regressing back to what they are. Brock Purdy is clearly NFL starter material. There's absolutely no argument there. Whether people want to say he's elite, whether he's a game changer, let's see how he goes. You know, he's not Patrick Mahomes in that regard, but he is someone who is an absolute winner really efficient really coachable he gets what Carl Shanahan wants to do 100% and if he'd been healthy in the NFC championship last year this is probably his second Super Bowl yeah. so he's earned this I think everyone should be happy for him he came into the league as an underdog and he's now a big dog 
absolutely. And if you think back to 2017, we had in the uh, in the two championship games, we had Tom Brady, but you also had Blake Bortles for the Jags, and then you had Case Keenum <laughs> and Nick Foles on the other side in, in the NFC oh. Championship game. So what we had, what we saw yesterday was was miles better than what we what we saw, you know, seven years ago, way back, way back, or six years ago, way back then. That was um, yeah, that was a uh, some you know we, we've had been oh. treated to a, a lot of callback play at a very very high level, and this season Purdy has been well, look, he's been nominated for MVP. You, you don't get nominated for MVP if, you, if you're not a good quarterback. Uh, then that's that's where yeah. he, you know, he's played. He's played phenomenally well this year. Uh, he's a great team alongside him. And right now, I think the Niners probably are the most talented team in the Super Bowl. Uh, whether they actually win it or not is a different question. But for for me, I I think top to bottom that roster. Uh, they've been on. They have injuries too. They 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 are absolutely loaded everywhere. And that's why you know that's why coming into this year we said they were you know probably. Get into the championship game again, uh, if not going to, going all the way because they got there last year. Obviously, Paddy had his elbow injury. Uh, the game went away from them. Fully won last year, but um, yeah, they uh, they finally won in a championship game. They've actually they Shanahan's been to a fair few. It's like with the with the Chiefs, the Niners been to a fair few, but they've only ever won it when it's been in San Francisco, which is interesting because they've been on the road three mm. times. They've lost they've lost all those times, uh, and we saw we saw yesterday as well. We saw. The teams that uh, had the most yards in both of those games, they both lost. The Ravens and the yeah. Lions were the teams that had the most had the most yards, uh, but the teams who'd been there, done it before, the Chiefs and the Niners, were the ones that won the game. And I think experience sort of uh, showed in both in both the games yesterday, didn't they? Because both teams have been there, done it before. Yeah, I I, I don't think experience can be um, overestimated, right? It's like it's you play in these sorts of games. And it's a really, really big deal, right? So if anyone, if anyone here has been like, um, like on the touchline at an NFL game, if they've ever been like managed to get on the field in any way, and you, you hear the noise, and you see how fast the game is when you're up close, and how loud the hits are, and that first time that you're around that, it's like whoa, you really feel it, and then. The second, third time, or whatever, you're you're used to it, right? In the same way, with these playoff games, there is a different level of intensity. And if you've got a roster stacked with players who have just been there, done that, they are used to these games. It just feels different. And for the Lions, like that's what I was talking about, like the way that kind of that expectation, that kind of sense of like history on their shoulders of like, oh my God, what we could achieve if we if we win. They felt like the Chiefs and the 49ers were not thinking that. They were like, right, let's let's just win this game. Like they, especially the Chiefs, but there was a certain element of that to the 49ers, that there were enough players on that roster. And I say it like that because, you know, Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. You know, he's he's seen that. But there can be a different mentality on the team. And it's not like they were thinking, not like the Lions were like, oh, it's just great to be here. We don't mind if we lose. Nothing like that. But when you've just been in these games before and you know how it feels, it does give you an advantage. There's nothing, there's nothing kind of scary about it when you've when you've when you've been to one, you've got it out of the way. And for the Lions, if you if your team, if you're a Lions fan, your team makes it to the NFC Championship game again next year, just remember all those players who were who were there playing last night, they've seen this before. And they will learn from it and they won't be if anyone was overawed, they won't be overawed second time around. But experience really seemed to count yesterday. 
the smarter plays were made by the more experienced teams and the more experienced players. And that that happens that happens a lot in the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, Fox actually put that into perspective. Before the game, they had a graphic. Um, three Lions combined. Well, you know, the Lions had three combined games of championship experience. The the Niners had f- over 70 games combined of championship experience between <laughs> the, the whole roster. You know, so that just shows, you know, they've all been there the, before. You know, the Lions, I think it was Alexander Zaloni, Jared Goff, who played against each other in the Lions Saints. Oh, sorry, the, um, the Niners Saints. Uh, Rams Saints, that's what I was going to say, uh, championship <laughs> game with the with the uh, Nicole Reby Coleman um, non pass interference uh, in twenty eighteen, uh, yeah twenty eighteen that one there, yeah um, yeah that 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 they played against each other in, they, in that game and they are the only players to have championship game experience on that Lions roster compared to the entire Niners um, it's the Niners team. So we we saw that uh, last night and yeah. That, well, that's it. We've we, we've got our Super Bowl matchup. I can't wait for it. It's, it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. it, it's 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 great. It's the Super Bowl. It's like the one. It's the best event of the year. Uh, you, you get the halftime show performance as well. It's it's, all, it's always great. Uh, but before we end the podcast, we just want to talk about a little bit of coaching news uh, that we've had uh, since I left you on Friday. Uh, they can they've got two playoff teams. Um, they both they've hired new coordinators. Uh, we'll start with the Eagles because uh, well they're collapsing. They absolutely collapsed at the at the end of the season uh, but despite that collapse obviously uh, Nick Sirianni mentioned a couple weeks ago he has remained as head coach of the Eagles uh, but he has made changes at both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator we realized last year sorry this, this year how big of uh, a loss Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon I know, was or were for uh, for this Eagles team because they were you know great you know well coached teams in their first year as a head coach uh, and well yeah and but the Lions, as of the Lions, so I keep saying the Lions, the Eagles, they they just, well, their defence, they don't have to map Patricia halfway through the year. Uh, Brian Johnson's offence wasn't great. They fired both of those guys. Uh, and in comes uh, Kellen Moore on the offensive side of the ball and Vic Fangio on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Vic Fangio comes in from Miami. Uh, he he left by mutual consent because uh, he wants to return to Philadelphia. He lives in Pennsylvania. And uh, and Kellen Moore, obviously, with Jim Harper moving over to the Chargers, uh, I don't I think that's a bit of a too basic it's just a the offensive staff is me different uh with the charges of Jim Harbour so he has left the charges and he's gone over to the Eagles um what what do you make of these uh these ties because they may he's made for Syrian's for two big names uh but obviously yep. they're hoping to get back to the top again next year so maybe you, you need these big names as your coordinators yeah I mean I I'm a I, Kellen Moore's had his issues um <laughs> in terms of I don't <laughs> that may sound like he's like in his private life I just mean Last last season wasn't great for Kellen Moore. I'm a big fan of Kellen Moore. Um, I'm one of those weirdos who thought he could have properly played in the NFL. I don't think he could have in hindsight, but I was excited when he got drafted because he was such a winner at Boise State. In such, he's an intelligent guy. He sees offenses in a way that others don't. Great coach, I think. I think this is a really good fit. The Fangio hire for me feels an absolute no-brainer. Um, it didn't work out in Miami. It wasn't. It wasn't the marriage made in heaven I thought it could be. He's he's kind of got a rigid system with the way that he he likes his defenses to be constructed. I think that's going to be okay in Philadelphia. He was really keen to come to the Eagles. I mean, he's a born and bred Eagles fan. I think he's one of the best defensive coordinators of the last twenty five years. I think he's someone who can really turn a team around. When he when he got the head coaching gig in Denver, 
I was very curious because he's a top level DC, but it doesn't always translate to head coach, and it didn't for him. I don't think he's a head coach guy. Like that's not a knock on his ability. I just think his style doesn't translate well. I think he really likes to kind of get his hands on defense too much. I think this is this is great. I mean the the Eagles obviously threw away their season. It was absolutely abysmal the way that they ended their season over the last kind of month or so. It was pathetic. I don't think that would have happened with Fangio, even forgetting the, the Kellen Moore thing. That wouldn't have happened with Fangio, I don't think. I think Eagles fans should be very pleased about this, especially the Fangio bit. You can tell I'm a fan. Great hires, I think. Um, and you're right. I think they wanted. I think they wanted big names. I think they wanted people who had had plenty of experience, knew the division, knew the team, and yeah, I like it from an Eagles point of view. Well, these, these again, these are two guys who've had. Uh, well, Kellen Moore, he's had years of head coaching interviews. Fangio, again, as you mentioned, he was a head coach in Denver, and he was is very, very, very well paid to be a Dolphins a defense coordinator last year as well. So he, they, you know, they, they are very great at what they do. Uh, Buffalo, on the other hand, well, they fired uh, Ken Dorsey midway through the season when the offense just, just wasn't working, uh, and after a successful interim period, they have. Uh, just have to stick with Joe Brady as their uh, permanent offensive coordinator. He, of course, was the offensive coordinator at LSU uh, when they won the national championship with Joe Burrow. Uh, didn't have the he didn't have the better times in Carolina. He actually got fired by the Panthers. But after taking over from Dorsey, the Bills' offense just had a little bit different to it. They found a run game, especially for them, um, and their fortunes turned around. What do you make of this uh, move, turn and permanent? You know, I was such a huge fan of him at LSU. And then obviously very disappointed with how it went at the Panthers. But that Panthers roster was not set up for what he wanted to do. Um, whereas the Bills are more like that. Like Ken Dorsey, Ken Dorsey's for me the opposite of um, of Kellen Moore in terms of he's a college quarterback who came in highly regarded who I didn't rate um, and didn't uh, and didn't didn't do much. But um, it just the way that the way that the players feel about Brady, I think says a lot like they were, they were desperate for him to be the permanent offensive coordinator, even though they had a disappointing end to the season as well in the way that they went in the way that they went out in the playoffs, but they've seen plenty from Joe Brady. Like this isn't, this isn't one where, you know, with, with Kellen Moore. Okay. Is it a good fit? Is he going to work with these with these guys, they they know, and they like Ken Dorsey didn't go didn't go well, um, and maybe that's because Josh Allen didn't like him as much. But Josh Allen loves Joe Brady, and that is a massive factor. Like if you're if your star player, if you're starting quarterback, the face of the franchise is like, please give this guy the permanent gig, calling my plays. I don't know what choice you've got. You know, it's very difficult to say no. Um, and I'm, I don't want to paint him as a kind of Aaron Rodgers trying to kind of like control the coaching decisions. But it's Josh Allen. You may as well keep him happy. If, if he feels that Joe Brady's the guy to get the most out of him, then that's where you've got to roll the dice. So it makes perfect sense. Um, I don't think he set the world on fire. But if it works for Josh Allen, then it works for me. You know, he... He should know. And then if it doesn't work out, the team can go to Josh Allen and say, OK, well, look, your guy didn't pan out. We're finding someone else now. You can keep your mouth shut. And 
a happy Josh Allen, a good Josh Allen is a scary threat for everyone. Oh, he's absolutely, hell yeah. He's, he's absolutely dominated the AFC East the last five years, and um, and Buffalo, uh, yeah, they'll 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 be in, an, even though they're in probably cap hell, you could say they'll be uh, the Dolphins are as well. They'll be in and amongst the playoff places again next year for sure because they're just so good. And when, when you've got a quarterback of that caliber as well, you, you're always going to be there or thereabouts. We're seeing that with the Chiefs, and you know they're they're in the Super Bowl because they've always had Patrick Mahomes, they've always had you know Travis Kelsey, they've, Travis Kelsey. They've gone through you know they've always had Andy Reid. They've gone through a bit of a rebuild, and and they and they've. They're here at a big game in the Super Bowl. Same with the Niners. They've well, they've ha- had t- basically two generations of their team. You know, we they they packaged everything up to go get Trey Lance. Now that didn't really work out, but you know, imagine if Trey Lance would have worked out because <laughs> that this Niners team would, or you know, if they didn't even do that, then you know, the, the Niners team with, with so many more resources than they could have had. This Niners team could genuinely be one of the best ever, you know, talented wise. Uh, They've they've both team both GMs have done great and both both of these teams are so well built that we've got yes. two good teams in the Super Bowl, haven't we? Because the you know Brett Veach and 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 uh, John Lynch have done great jobs with building these rosters, haven't they? Yeah, sometimes a team just goes on a run and it's like you know that it's going to be a very sh- like the window is going to close very quickly. Like when the Bucks won that Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you knew. That was a very small window of opportunity that it was all for like a very short period of time, whereas both these teams kind of have been built for the long term. And what you say about Trey Lance is absolutely correct. Like I, I really didn't think they should have gone so crazy the way that they traded to to get Trey Lance. Like anyone who tells you that what they saw from Trey Lance in college was enough to make you think that okay he's going to be an absolute nfl superstar um those people should be drug tested (laughs) because there was barely any film on him and he didn't play anyone good so sometimes you you overthink things or you outsmart yourself um and you think okay well i can turn this guy into an incredible weapon i can turn him into a patrick mahomes i can turn him into a, a josh allen or lamar jackson let's say that had come off like imagine if Patrick Mahomes 2.0 was on the 49ers right now. Like how many games would they have lost this season? You know, they wouldn't have had that. They wouldn't have had that run of losing games. I don't think any of these playoff games would have been close. And if they just hadn't made that trade and what they had been able to do with just their other draft picks, they would have some other weapons there, but you know, the journey they took still got them to this position, but they could have been even scarier, which is, balmy to think about because they're they're so good they've they've got so much depth they're such a well-built cohesive team and they could have been they could have been much better that's actually a possible thing but it's Mm. wild to think about i can't fathom quite how good they could have been if trey lance had been what they thought he was because you don't you don't make that sort of trade unless you think this guy could be a future hall of famer imagine he was oh boy well Everyone else in the NFL should be glad that didn't work out. Mm. Well, they got Brock Purdy now, and they're going for revenge in in Super Bowl Fifty Eight, revenge of Super Bowl Fifty Four, where obviously they they lost out to the Chiefs in Miami, and that's the next time I will see you. I will see you 
in oh not in my I'm not going I'm not going to Vegas but I will see you in the preview for Super Bowl 58. Uh, my dad's actually going to Vegas uh, a couple of weeks after, so you know he's you know he gets to see the aftermath of it. But um, no, I'm 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 obviously I'm not I'm not that level journalist yet. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, well I'm looking forward to it. Like what a season it's been. We're getting very, very close to a big game now. Uh, before I say my goodbyes, thank you for coming on the podcast again, Ben. It's been great to have you on uh, twice this year, and um, yeah, it'd be great to have you on in the future again. Absolutely, um, always, always happy to make time for you, Sam. Um, I think what you do here is fantastic, and I love being a part of it. Awesome, thank you very much. Uh, and yeah, I will see you in oh probably mid midweek midweek next week uh, for our. Big full 10 yards Super Bowl preview podcast. But for now, I've been Sam Moores. This has been a full 10 yards NFL podcast, and I will see you then.